Good morning, YouTube family. Hey, welcome to Escape from Crazy Town. I'm doing a different... Uh-oh, what did I do? Ah, I see. wonder if I need to do this. There you go. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. Yeah, I'm trying to get set up here, give you something better to look at while we have our discussion. Oh, here we go. I'm trying to get my computer started. And that's doing something else for some reason. So I'm going to reduce that. Well, welcome you guys to Escape from Crazy Town. I hope that you're able to hop on here. It looks like my computers are having a hard time. I hope you're able to get on. But for some reason, my stuff is not working. Okay. Let me see if I can pull you up. Okay. There we go. In fact, as it's okay. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Ah, whenever I start something new, it always kind of messes things up. Good morning, John. Good to see you here. Yeah, you know, today's topic came from a viewer who was asking me about um, what if a narcissist is put in an arranged marriage? Would they then change? Would they then be pressured? by the two sides of the families, right? Two families to, to uh, snap out of it or become a better person, especially to the spouse. And we're gonna dive into that. And there are a lot of things I wanna talk about, a lot of really great examples I had um, from shows, criminal stories that I had watched, um, actual real criminals and how they behaved in these marriages. So I wanted to share with you what the outcome is. Whether or not the narcissist is in an arranged marriage, it really doesn't matter. That's the bottom line. They're not going to care. They don't care to change. They cannot change. So the only thing that happens differently in a, an arranged marriage is they have to be on their game, right? Only if the parents of the spouse are paying attention, of course. Well, I want to start off with, you know how narcissists are kind of the golden child in the family? They get treated the best. They're the favorite. They can do no wrong because they know how to play the parents, right? They know how to get on the parents' good side and how to deceive the parents. I have a friend whose um, brother is the golden child, and he's a total narcissist has done nothing with his life. He's, you know, into drugs. He's fathered multiple children. He's abandoned them all. He's, you know, but the mother, their mother, thinks he can do no wrong. I mean, he's in and out of jail, um, and she still thinks that he's the golden child. So even if a narcissist is in an arranged marriage, it doesn't mean anything from his parents' side, right? Because he could be the golden child. He's played up to be the successful one or the charismatic one or the charming one, the one that really cares because once in a while he remembers to bring flowers to his mother or something like that, right? Once in a while he'll do something nice. But the bottom line is they don't change. They just manipulate better. They up their game in how they manipulate. Oh. Hello, Rochella. Good to see you. 
Good morning. Yeah, so what happens is when a narcissist is put in an arranged marriage, you would think, okay, this person is now contained, is now going to be controlled, has eyes on him or her, and will change. But the bottom is they're not going to change. They're going to, they cannot, here's the thing, they cannot be put in a box. A narcissist cannot be put in a box. They cannot survive in a box. They will self-destruct before they will change. And we're going to go through a few of these things. So first of all, they're going to just put more effort into deceiving the in-laws, right? They're going to put on their best face. They're going to be charming and convincing and and um, even so attentive to, to the in-laws that the in-laws will think this is my favorite son-in-law or daughter-in-law. Meanwhile, they're abusing their 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 son or their daughter behind closed doors. But the in-laws are not going to see this. And that kind of makes me think about, you know, the Scott Peterson, Lacey Peterson story, where, where Scott was made out to be like this perfect gentleman, this incredible catch. And Lacey was completely enthralled with him. And when they were married, I mean, there were stories from her friends who would say that they were all kind of jealous in that they thought she had the perfect husband. He would rub her feet in front of them. He would give her back massages right in front of them or shoulder massages. You know, he'll, he'll take care of her and be incredibly attentive to her, bring her drinks, bring her snacks, whatever she wanted. And to her friends, it looked like she had the perfect husband. And then to her parents, they thought that he was a great son-in-law. But there was one tell. She did tell her mother about how he seemed to not want to touch her pregnant belly. He was not interested at all in the baby, which was concerning to Lacey. And I don't think that she told her mother a whole lot more than that. And that's what... That's another thing that helps protect the narcissist, even though they're in a marriage, whether it's arranged or not. They will get the new supply or their spouse or whoever it is at this point to cover for them. Because the new supply wants, wants people to believe that they got the prize, they got the best spouse ever. They want their parents to like their spouse, right? They want their parents to have a good relationship with their spouse. So they're not going to show or tell what's really happening behind closed doors. Another story that occurred to me was, you know, um, there was a there was a guy who, well, there was a woman who met this man on a cruise ship, and he told her how, you know, he was rich and he had all this property, horse property, and she she loved horses, and maybe it. He lied to her about that because he found out that she loved horses. And so she just thought this was the greatest guy ever. He's single. He has property. He likes horses just like she does. His dream is to um, share a ranch with his wife. And so she just fell madly in love with him, right? She brought him home to, to introduce to her parents. She had never been married before. She was older. I think she was probably in her 30s or something like this. And she introduced him to her parents, and her parents thought he was the, just the 
greatest guy ever, you know. The dad got along really well with him. The mother thought that he was sweet and kind. And the daughter was, you know, she was swept off her feet. So she thought this was like the, the prince that she had been waiting for all of her life. Well, you know, so a narcissist can fool everybody. And it doesn't matter if they're in an arranged marriage or not. It doesn't matter if both sides of the families are paying attention to the narcissist or not. Because the narcissist is going to put on their best side. They're not going to show, um, or even if they do show their own parents what a horrible person they are, like my friend's brother, uh, the parents are going to protect him. The parents won't believe it because he's good to the parent, right? He he sucks up to the parents. He pays attention. He may even be in proximity, close to the parents. So he actually gets more interaction with the parents. So the parents think this is the good child. This is the golden child. Just bad things and happen ha tend to happen to this child, right? Who's no longer a child and is an adult, by the way, at this point. So back to the story where this guy, you know, he marries the woman from the cruise. And uh, one day, you know, and they buy a ranch together, I think mostly on her money, because he tells her that his money is tied up in some lawsuit, you know, that he's got against the property or lien or something like that. So she never actually sees his property. She ends up footing the bill for the ranch that they buy. And then one day, I think it wasn't even very long into their marriage, it might have only been a year into their marriage, he proposes that they um, go on a romantic picnic on horseback. So next thing you know, she is dead on the ground under a tree and he's run off to the neighbor who's like several acres away, um, runs to a neighbor to, to ask that neighbor to come help because he, he needs to, to get help for his wife, right? Who has quote unquote fallen off the horse. So the neighbor comes out with him to under the tree in this field and she's laying there dead on the ground. So the neighbor, of course, you know, rushes back to the house, calls 911, and um, they all come out. The big investigation happens, and the husband's story is that they were riding the horses, and uh, one of the, the horse that she was on got spooked by a snake or something in the ground, and so he bucked, and she fell off and hit her head on this rock on the ground under the tree, or close to the tree. Well, the police officers looked at this, the, the detectives, right? And they're looking around this whole green field. And there's not a rock to be found except for the one, one rock. And it's not a huge rock. It's maybe plate size, maybe a little bit smaller than a plate, um, but still kind of large for a rock just like that size to show up in a field and no other rock like it anywhere nearby. And this is supposedly the rock that she, you know, just happened to fall off the horse and the one rock in multiple acres of grass, this is the spot that she hits her head, is on that rock. So anyway, they come to find out that he had arranged it all and he had actually hit her with that rock and then placed it on the ground to make it look like she fell and hit her head on it. But here's the thing, the parents 
her parents thought he was the best ever. They, they were devastated because here's a guy that they trusted their daughter with. Here's a guy that the father thought would, you know, could be his best friend. He was such a good guy. And the two of them adored this guy for their daughter. So it doesn't matter if the narcissist is in an arranged marriage. The narcissist will just up their game, turn up the charm, turn up the affection towards the parents, turn up the attention towards the parents, and win the parents over. You know, it makes me think about Dirty John. Same thing happened in her story where, uh, I forget his last name at this point, but uh, the guy John, he schmoozed her mom. And her mom thought that he was just the greatest guy ever. It, You know, he ends up trying to murder uh, the, the granddaughter, so his wife's daughter. And he tried to tear their family apart, and he was robbing her blind. I mean, this guy was a total disaster. But they all thought he was such a great guy. And the only people who didn't think he was such a great guy, actually, were these two daughters, her two daughters, who could see through his, his schemes, right? They could see that he was an actor, that he was just acting for them. And they tried to convince their mother of this, and they could not convince her. So even if they're in a marriage, and even if there are relatives who have caught on to the schemes of the narcissist, and they try to wake up the, the new supply, they try to wake up their friend, their mother, their father, their daughter, their, their brother, um, they try to wake them up to the narcissist. And they're too far gone to even see, they're too far gone to accept that they've been fooled. I mean, there's a saying out there, and I'm not sure who said it, it might have been Mark Twain, that it's easier to fool someone than to convince them they've been fooled. And I think that's really true, that that's happening right now in my life. There are some people who are just total crooks in my city who are running for office and they're total crooks, but they've embedded themselves in communities, right? They, they got to know their neighbors. They got to know their uh, churches and congregations they belong to. They, they glad hand the, the pastor. The pastors have fallen for them. They think these are really good people because they know how to speak the language. They know how to speak the party line language. They know how to speak the, the religious language. And so the, the pastors think these are good people. And they will even bring these people up to the stage to, to tell their congregation what a good person this is. And these are total narcissistic, psychopathic destroyers of communities. But they know enough to act in front of the people they need to act in front of. There is no difference whether it's in public office or it's in your private life. These narcissists will not be put in a box. And it doesn't matter how many eyes are on them and how many people are even onto them. Um, they will be able to convince a handful of people who are strategically manipulated by them to further their causes. All right.
It doesn't matter if the whole town is in on it, right? They, they know this guy, well, I shouldn't say the whole town, but it doesn't matter if there's a large group of people who are aware that the, this person is a crook. They will do the strategic, create the strategic relationships. And the people who are being manipulated will be, I'm not sure if it's pride or it's just confidence in their ability to judge character, for instance. I've heard that a lot before. Like people tell me what a great judge of character they are. Meanwhile, they're essentially in bed with a narcissist. And I'm thinking, you're a terrible judge of character. But maybe it's because the narcissist is such a good actor, right? The narcissist is able to lay on the act so thick, so effortlessly, and almost so genuinely that people are convinced and are able to be fooled by them. Well, you guys, there's another story. But before I get into that, I want to go into this. That, you know, the narcissist, instead of coming clean, so you would think if they're in an arranged marriage, now they're surrounded by people watching them, right? And even a family that's not their own and knows all of their background and they have to start over with this new family and try to win them all over, um, you would think that maybe a narcissist would then be pressured to become a better person, maybe pressured to, uh, to change, right? Maybe stop cheating, stop lying, start uh, behaving better because the father-in-law or the mother-in-law now has a relationship with them and is trying to bring them into the fold and and pouring you know love and attention into them and because you know they give their victim story and everybody feels sorry for them and wants to help them and especially the in-laws right the brother-in-law the sister-in-law they're all reaching out to the narcissist and building this relationship with them but then what happens is that that narcissist is not changing for any of them in fact, the narcissist is looking at them like, you're totally new to me. You're not even like people I care about. You're not even the people that have done a lot for me in my life. But I can see you as an opportunity for supply. So the narcissist is going to manipulate them. Just like the narcissist inside of these neighborhoods and congregations who are climbing the political ladder. They will use people in positions of influence. They will manipulate their ways into the inner circles. They will pray with them. They will be parts of, you know, part of Bible studies with them. They, they will, you know, my experience is a Christian experience, but I'm sure there are those, and I know there are those in the Muslim world, in the, the Jewish world, in, in the atheist world, they will manipulate themselves into whatever circles you have. If it's a rock climbing group, you know, if it's a bicycling group, they will insert themselves. Whatever their hobbies are, they're going to join those groups too, by the way. That's why, you know, when I started this channel, there were so many people who would come on and tell me about their experiences of being manipulated and taken when they joined these hobby groups right? These outdoor groups, excuse me. <clears throat> they would, they would um, 
get into some activities, right? Active groups and hiking groups, musical groups, you know. And these narcissists, they have likes and dislikes as well. They have hobbies just like we do. And so wherever they are, they will manipulate their way to the ones who are most influential. And you can almost always tell, right? It's, it's really interesting to me. All the narcissists that I know, and it's not just narcissists that do this, by the way, but narcissists have to be with the leadership. Narcissists have to schmooze those in charge of the class, in charge of the congregation, in charge of the neighborhood. They have to insert their, themselves into the leadership. Whether they are, they try to um, usurp the leadership themselves or they're just very close to the leaders of these groups. And that way they can influence the group and the community in the ways that they want. And that's why narcissists love running for public office. Holy cow. You know, they are unfazed when horrible things um when they're accused of horrible things. I mean, they'll act the victim like, oh my gosh, and all indignant about, about it. Um, but what they end up doing is they get their flying monkeys to then surround them. And they send their flying monkeys out to attack, to attack anybody who would dare reveal their real character. Because their flying monkeys are completely brainwashed into believing that they're good people. And again, because they know how to speak the language. They know how to speak that community language, that religious language, that whatever it is that you know and, and that motivates you, they know how to speak that language. Just like the people I was just telling you about um, in the two crimes that I was talking about, where the criminals knew how, I'm sorry, there were three. Some, they knew how to speak the language that attracted the supply, and not just the supply, but attracted and gained the trust and loyalty, by the way, of their in-laws and the, the friends of the new supply. So another thing is that when, when the narcissist is under pressure, right? You're, they're under pressure to change, to come clean, to admit that what they did was wrong or, you know, that they were caught. What ha ends up happening is they, they don't change. They'll alter. They'll admit to a, a certain amount and then, and then guilt you. That all of their manipulations will come out. They'll start to counterattack. They'll start to project. They'll start to counter accuse, right? And then they'll smear. They'll smear the people who are attacking them. So when they are under pressure, you would think that they would break. But narcissists don't break under pressure. They just get more flagrant. They get more crazed, right? They become more desperate, but they don't break. They don't change. And... When people are sitting, sitting on the outside, and I know a lot of viewers, <coughs> excuse me, you guys, I know a lot of viewers are watching the narcissist with their, in their new marriage, and they're thinking that, well, you know, they're, they're close to the leadership in our groups, they're, they're plugged into the community, 
all the neighbors seem to like them because they're out there helping the neighbors or chit-chatting it up with the neighbors. Um, seems like they're having a great life. They've moved on without me. And they're thinking that the community has affected the narcissist. The community has now groomed or shaped the nar narcissist into a good person. And you cannot be farther from the truth. What is happening is that the narcissist is a cancer in that community and growing, by the way. That narcissist is laying a foundation of rot in that community. But you don't see it at first because it takes a long time for that rot to surface. So another example, <clears throat> sorry you guys, another example I like to use is tea. When you have a bag of tea um, and it's not labeled, I mean, you can smell it, right? And see if there, there's, um, to try to tell what it is. But most likely you're not going to know if it's green tea or black tea until you put it in hot water, right? You're not going to know what kind of tea or what it's infused with until you put it in hot water. And you would think the same thing would happen with a narcissist, that um, you put them in a situation where they're going to expose themselves, right, for the narcissist that they are. But narcissists are not quite like that. They will flail and get angry and expose some of them themselves, right? But they would rather destroy everybody around them and destroy themselves rather than give up and give in to showing who they really are. So it, it's like a, the opposite of the teabag. What would happen is when you put a narcissist under tremendous pressure, you're not going to enjoy what's going to come out of it, right? You're not going to find out that there's this good and enjoyable thing that's going to come out of them. Instead, you're either going to be destroyed along with them. The bag's going to disintegrate. Maybe that's the better example. And then whatever was inside of that bag will now contaminate everything else. That's what they want to do. That's their, you know live or die survival mode is they will contaminate rather than be controlled. Now, I know some people who are close to um, certain politicians in my town and they think that they could influence these bad, bad players, right? They think that they'll be able to, um, I don't wanna say manipulate, but essentially influence the narcissist, influence the corrupt, into doing good for the community. And even though the, the corrupt are making some good decisions, or I don't know, are, are making some, you know, helping to instill or install some good policies, the main policies that keep them in control, they will protect. So the corruption that keeps them in control, you will not be able to influence you will not be able to get them to change that. But you might be able to give get their ear and say, hey, the community really wants this kind of policy to pass, so I think it'd be a good idea if you do it. To them, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter, these policies that you want change, so long as you don't touch the policies that enrich them and gives them more power. 
so long as you don't touch those policies. Now, if you should question those policies, then, then they will turn around and put the pressure on you. So I'm waiting to see what happens in this, in my community, in my town, as I watch some of these people who are in positions of leadership in the community, uh, being influenced by the corrupt politicians. The sad thing is that people, you know, we all have an ego, right? Um, there may be some people with very, very low self-esteem, so I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the people who seem pretty average, but if they hold a leadership position, they have somewhat of an ego. And I'm not saying they're narcissists at all. I mean, you have to have some confidence in order to lead other people, okay? You can't be this complete, you know, nobody who, who doesn't believe in himself or herself and thinks, you know, they can't achieve anything. That's not a leader. That can't be a leader. You have to be the kind of person who has some confidence in yourself to be a leader. So I'm watching these leaders, community leaders, and they're getting, they're not just getting close to the corrupt politicians. They are having them over for dinner. They're hanging out with them. They're introducing them to their inner circle and convincing their inner circle that these corrupt politicians can be trusted. So they're, they have no idea they're being used. And I think it may be the ego or pride that makes them think that they're the ones influencing the bad out of the politician rather than the politician corrupting them, right? Contaminating them. Now, corrupt people contaminate and they corrupt others. I think there's a, yeah, I know there's a proverb that says corrupt company corrupts others, right? So you're thinking, well, I'm a good person. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to help them become a better person. This is exactly what the new supply does. The new supply who gets pulled in by a narcissist always thinks they can change the narcissist. They know the narcissist is a philanderer. They know the narcissist can't settle down. They know the narcissist has had a hundred partners. I'm not kidding you. Not a, not like two or three or five, right? They have had a hundred plus partners and they have, they're on their fourth marriage, okay? They are, they cheated on every spouse they had, but of course they blame the spouses for why they cheated. And they also project that the spouse was the one who's cheated. But the new supply always believes they're so special that they can change the narcissist. It is exactly the same thing with these leaders who have politicians as friends, right? Who are close to these politicians and think that they have influence over these politicians. And it's sort of a symbiotic relationship, which is kind of very, not kind of, it is awful. It is just distorted and awful. And let me explain this. The, the community leader loves having politicians as friends because then it elevates their status, right? It elevates their status. They may not be a narcissist themselves, but the ego gets in the way. They feel their ego being stroked by this politician who tells them what a great and inspiring and moral 
and good person this community leader is and and they stroke their ego and tell them how you know they're so inspired or so they admire this community leader so much that um you know they they feel like they're becoming a better person because of this community leader the community leader then believes they are affecting the corrupt politician <laughs> they're just being played they're just being played and then the next thing you know this community leader has them speaking to their congregation to their um, hiking club to whatever they get they get selected as the community leader's assistant um, you know anything that gives this corrupt politician any um, credibility right that's what the corrupt are going for that's what narcissists are going for is credibility and that's why even if they are in an arranged marriage what will the narcissist do the narcissist will single out the person who's most respected in that family and win that person over just like dirty john did with the grandmother right he knew he couldn't um win over the respect of the, the the kids right the daughters um but the daughters were not the most respected in the family in fact the daughters were very immature and spoiled and you know that the mother did not have a whole lot of credibility for the for the daughters right i mean the daughters the mother did not see the daughters as mature and credible so even though he tried to win them over he couldn't but the mother, so he, the mother, though, was respected and loved by everybody, by the daughters and by the, the I'm sorry, by the granddaughters and by Dirty John's wife, the, her daughter. So he goes for the, the mother, the, the matriarch of the family, and he wins her over. And she tries to convince the daughters the granddaughters right her granddaughters and her and she's he's she's completely on board with her daughter who's completely you know who is completely mesmerized by the narcissist so narcissists do know how how to latch on to the person with influence the person with power and the person with influence gets manipulated well you guys let me see um there are a couple more things i wanted to talk about as well on this topic but let me see what you all are saying Shahad good to see you and meet you good to see you yes exactly we are opportunities to them and they are strategic exactly yes um Michi also says that those who are complicit or some of them are complicit and some of them are brainwashed exactly and they are blame shifters. They will manipulate and you watch them, you watch their tactics. And especially the projection is insane, you guys. The projection is beyond anything you will you can imagine. The the you're just sitting there watching them accuse others of exactly what they do. Exactly what they do. I mean, I've seen this growing up as well, you know, the narcissist in my life would complain about other people and I would sit there and I didn't know about narcissists at the time, but I would sit there and think, 
wow, everything you're complaining about that other person is exactly what you do. And it just kind of, I, I didn't really pay attention to that. I just thought it was a little bit insane and, and, you know, thought it was weird and then went on my way. I thought it was just, you know, <clears throat> people being people. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Jihad. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter what religion it is. They, they, there are narcissists of every religion out there and non-religion atheists out there, you guys. So it's not like I'm picking on a particular religion. I'm just picking on, you know, I'm mentioning the one that I'm involved in. And there's no religion that's completely pure, right? Where everybody who's part of it is just perfect. There is none like that. Yes, exactly, Jihad. You've seen the same thing happening in your community. To gain or to benefit. Oh, sorry, guys, let me see. Yeah, exactly. There are people who will wear the clothing, the the star, the cross, the whatever it is, you know, emblem that that religion has. That even the atheist stuff, they'll wear whatever it is that makes them fit in, right? And to me, it's it. I mean, you just can't imagine that people could do that, but. Narcissists don't have a conscience. We forget that. We forget that narcissists don't have a conscience. We think, no, they wouldn't do that because, you know, that's sacrilegious. No, they're, 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 they've got to have some morals, right? Their conscience would be pricked. But how can their conscience be pricked if they have no conscience? Narcissists do not have a conscience. They have feelings. Now, don't get me wrong. They have feelings. And sometimes they get... Um, what would appear like they're learning, but all it is for them is adjustment. They adjust to what's going on in order to survive, but they are not learning how to be a better person, right? Like if, if there's fire and you, you touch fire and it, it's hot, you know, it burns you, you're not gonna do that again. Narcissists can learn the same way, but they don't do it to become a better person. They do it for survival. So you guys, another thing that I want to talk about is that narcissists cannot be rehabilitated. I know we touched on this a little bit, but we think that, oh, they're changing a little bit. They're, they're, they're not as bad as they used to be. They're, they're, they're making some efforts, right? And you're thinking that they're they are being rehabilitated, which is what the new supply dreams of, right? They, they hope that the narcissist would change for them, would become a better person, would uh, be the love of their life and the good person they always thought the narcissist was. And meanwhile, the narcissist is not becoming a better person. Like for Lacey Peterson, Scott was not becoming a better person he lived in his own world, completely separate from her world. 
he had to be involved in her world until the point where her world was encroaching, was going to encroach and stunt his world, which was her having a child, was going to completely change his ability to do what he was doing, right? Cheating on her and doing whatever else, who knows? But she, when that threat comes, does he then change? Does he then become the father and the husband he should have always been? No. Like I said, they will would rather destroy everybody around them and even themselves in order to continue. Well, they believe that they're continuing on, but they cannot be changed. They would rather destroy everything than change, right? They're not going to suddenly grow a conscience. They're not going to suddenly care about the person they were hurting. They're not going to suddenly um, be guilted right, into doing the right thing because they don't have a conscience. I mean, I feel for the people who, you know, trusted the narcissist, like Lacey's parents, you know, with their own child, like the woman I was telling you about at the beginning who met the guy on a cruise and he ended up murdering her on, you know, with this promise of a romantic picnic. And her parents adored him. They thought he was, you know, the answer, the best guy ever, that he was the answer to their daughter's, you know, loneliness or whatever. Uh, and then he ends up taking their daughter from them. So another example, one last example I want to share with you guys. I'm trying to see if there are some comments here that I should go back and <laughs> yes exactly it's like narcissists do alter religion to suit them right they will do that they will pick and choose we call it buffet religion where they pick and choose the things that um, benefit them but only at that time because we as we all know narcissists are hypocrites so even if they pick a certain uh, aspect of the religion that you think okay, they're going to live by that one aspect, at some point they're going to break that rule as well. You know, they're, they're not interested in actually following rules. They're only interested in other people following rules to make life easier for the narcissist. Um, they love controlling other people by doing that. They love guilting other people. And they use that. They'll use the whole, I can't believe that you're not a loyal person. Like to us, being loyal is held in high regard. We we value loyalty. Um, narcissists value loyalty to them, but they do not value being loyal to other people. They do not have loyalty to other people. They only have usefulness, right? They're, other people are only useful to them. So thank you for that comment. Yeah, I'm bringing the conversation there. Yeah, exactly, Richella. Yeah, uh, it's good to come here to understand you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Michi. Do what I say, not what I do. So the last example I wanted to share with you about narcissists not really, um, not really succeeding, okay? Narcissists don't change and then become better people. 
But in this lifetime, we may not see justice, right? In this lifetime, we may not see the narcissist get what they deserve. And an example of that to me is Hugh Hefner. What a disgusting piece of trash. I'm sorry to say that about anybody, but it is true. You know, um, he was in the news recently because more information is coming out about his disgusting um, ways, at, you know, near the end. I, I, I heard of um, interviews with these playmates who said that near the end, he was so scary to them. They were scared of him. Uh, he was having them do very disgusting acts and things, even with animals. And they said he was vile and disgusting and depraved, and they were afraid of him. Meanwhile, uh, you know, this disgusting pig of a narcissist is able to convince the world that he's got the dream life, right? He's got the dream life. And men want to be him. Women want to be with him. Well, not these women. Not the women who had to be with him. They did not want to be with him. In fact, I re remember seeing an interview where um, this woman said that she, you know, she was one of, he, it was so disgusting. I, I can't even get into it. But this is how depraved they are. Remember how I said that the narcissist, they corrupt those around them. It's not the other way around. It's not like the good influences the narcissist to become better people. What ends up happening is the narcissist influences and corrupts those around them, makes them maybe not exactly like they are, but will have them involved or even, um, what do you call it, doing what they're doing. But most people around them will tolerate it. Most people around them will will even be quiet about it, right? They'll tolerate it, but they'll also just be hush-hush about it. They won't warn other people of what they're entering. They won't uh, protect other people. The new victims coming in, they actually stand aside and allow him to victimize others. That is how these disgusting pig narcissists will corrupt those around them. And, you know, some of them may have been hired by him. Some of them may have even been, you know, um, paid. Well, actually, most of them, all the people that he paid, you know, whether or not they sign that disclosure agreement, non-disclosure agreement, um, and they're held to this. But here's the deal. Um, when you make a deal with the devil, you where are your morals? I mean, at some point, your morals are have got to be destroying you to, to speak up, to say something, to, to put out some kind of evidence, you know? You've got to do that. Otherwise, they just became as bad as he was. Wow, thank you, Unacceptable. Is that what it is, D? Thank you so much, Rochelle. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. But, you know, that's so kind of you to do that. Um, yeah. Well, in case some of you don't know, Rochelle just gave me um, a donation. So I appreciate that. 
But you guys, my, my whole point of doing this channel is to help people come and stand up with their conscience, right? Don't suppress your conscience. Don't suppress morality. Don't allow evil to overcome good, right? And we know in the end that evil will not win. But in the meantime, you know, we're the ones who need to speak up. We're the ones who need to try to save the newer victims. We're the ones who, you know, as much as we can, and there's a smart way to do it, okay? I'm not saying go out there, guns a-blazing type of thing, you know? There's a smart way to do it. Um, you want to then get out of your own shell. You want to start engaging with people. You want to start talking to people. You want to let them know that you care about them. And, and all we can do is warn people, right? Just like some of the people warned those who are getting married to the narcissist, just like we try to warn people who are dating narcissists, um, people who are getting into business with narcissists, we try to warn them. And then you have to, you, you can keep warning them, but you have to understand that there's only a, a limit. There's a limit to your responsibility. You, you can't make people do things, right? You can't make people make different choices. They, they ultimately get to make their own choices. All you can do is present them with information. So that's what I'm trying to do here with this channel is present people with information that would help them, first of all, to break away finally from the narcissist that so that they are no longer under the spell of the narcissist and they can get their life back. You, I don't want you guys to ever live another day under the spell of the narcissist because it will destroy you and it will destroy the people around you that you love. And that has to be stopped. So. Oh, wow. Let me see. I must have missed something up here. Oh, I don't know why, you know, these are being blocked. You guys, I'm showing them now. Like just someone putting prayer hands. That was blocked by my YouTube. That's crazy. And then, yeah. I'm sorry, let me go back and see. Um, yeah, I'm so glad you like to see the fish. I'm thinking to keep doing this. I recently got this. So, yeah, I think this is much more interesting just to stare at <laughs> while we have our conversations. Well, you guys, yeah, so, you know, that disgusting Hefner, at the end of his life, became more and more depraved, right? More and more disgusting. It's not like narcissists become better people. Um, to a certain extent, most narcissists become weaker. Right? They have less power, less influence. But a narcissist with a lot of influence and a lot of money, like Hefner had, they continue on until the day they die. That's how horrible it is. And, and not, to, not to discourage you because we may not see justice here done here, but 
I believe that there is justice where he is now, right? I think there is justice where he is now. Um, so let me see. There were some other things, I, another example I wanted to give you, but we are running out of time. And um, yeah, you know, there is some hope out there. There's one more story I want to share with you. So there was a daughter of a mobster who was interviewed and she, um, she, you know, she grew up adoring her father. She, she thought her father was just so wonderful because he loved her. She was his princess. I believe she was his only child. Um, so he, you know, spoiled her with attention and gifts and called her his princess and all that. So she just thought, you know, her dad was the best thing ever. And of course, this mobster had his goons around him all the time. So it looked like, you know, all these people who respected him and who feared him and who um, were under his authority. So she thought he was like this really powerful, <clears throat> excuse me, really powerful and influential good guy, right? It wasn't until she was a teenager that he got arrested for the crimes he had committed on other people, the the mutilations, the the murders, the all the stuff that he called. I'm not sure that he was um, active in it, in that he he committed those uh, himself, but he called for them, right? He called for um, the torture to be done to these people and the uh, murders. So she he, he got arrested and sent to jail, and she saw the whole trial. She saw the evidence. She now understood who her father was. He was not this knight in shining armor that she thought he was. He was this vile, evil, despicable person. Or monster, really, right? As these narcissists are. Um, so she had a choice to make. Was she going to, like the, those around Hefner, was she going to ignore and avoid the truth and, and turn away from the truth and, and, and latch on to her memories of the person she thought he was? So essentially the lies, right? Um, and, and even her own experience with him was good. So she could have latched onto that. Um, but what she ended up doing instead was she recognized that her dad was a monster and she felt so bad for the victims. Her conscience was intact. Her conscience led her to understand that what he did was completely wrong. She didn't want to have anything to do with him. And at the time of the interview, I know she was saying he had written her a couple of letters from jail, um, but she just could not bring herself to interact with him. Now, maybe she has, you know, now, uh, after several years, I don't know, have it not followed up on that. But even if she does interact with him now, because he is her father, um, I think that she will continue to understand and know and believe and support the victims. And, and I think that she knows what was right and what was wrong. And I go back to like looking at Hefner, ugh, you know, so disgusting. But 
there are people, there's somebody, there was a playmate who wrote a book, you know, about what a jerk he was, but she wrote it in, you know, as we actually can understand, and maybe most of the world can't, um, from a supply, supplies perspective. She was still under his spell. She still believed that she was a special one. That of all the girls that he diddled, and they did not even enjoy it. They were, you know, at the end there, they're, the, the <laughs> some of them would say, yeah, they would just lay there and, you know, just wait for him to be done. And it would be done in, a, you know, seconds because he's a turd. But anyway, you guys, I'm sorry to say, oh, I hate to even talk about the most disgusting of the disgusting, but I need to use this as an example. So this one, she writes about him almost lovingly. Right? adoringly she but she remembers him as someone who she thought loved her like their love you know only theirs was the genuine one even though he moved on to others right and this is how deceived the manipulated are or the brainwashed are they can still see all the facts that show them that the narcissist used them for a time, and then discarded them, moved on to others, and, um, and, and never have contact with them again. And yet, they believe the period of time that they spent with this narco-crazy person um, was the genuine time, like the only genuine time that psychopaths had. That is how brainwashed they are. And that's why we may not see justice done here and in our lifetime. Instead, we will, you know, we'll have to suffer the people who sing their praises, who will idolize them, who will, you know, make them out to be a saint. Oh my gosh, we're seeing that right now. <laughs> what happened a couple of years ago, you know, how a drugged out, felon, violent, you know, know nothing to society ha now has statues erected to him. You know, come on. This is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with uh, the twilight zone. We're thinking like, how is it possible that, that we're living in this twilight zone? Well, it's possible because the narcissist will pull out all the stops. The narcissist has no conscience. The narcissist isn't smart, okay? It's not because the, they're so, they're evil geniuses, by the way. It's very blatant what they do. That's why when we sit here and we watch it from afar, we're like, holy cow, this is so easy to see and spot. But to those who are being brainwashed, it's just that they... They were manipulated. They gave into something that they, that was lacking in their life. They needed the narcissist to fulfill a need in their life, and that narcissist did. And when the narcissist fulfilled that need, they felt, for the first time, complete, right? And they don't want to let go of that. They actually believe it to be true. Well, you guys, I'm not sure if I'm able to see everything. Oh, here we go. Yeah, 
But no, they're not evil geniuses. They're evil, but they're not genius. They just rely on people being stupid and manipulable, right? We were stupid and manipulated, like all of us have been. If we were on this channel looking for those who've suffered the same that we have, we have to admit and be humble enough to admit we were fooled. We were taken. But here's the deal. We are so much smarter than most people because we woke up, okay? Because we woke up. We are so much more aware now because we woke up. So that is the good news, you guys. That is the good news. Well, thank you all for jumping in and joining into the discussion. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate this community. Thank you for your donation, Rochelle. I, I so much appreciate that. That does keep me going, I'm telling you. Um, so those of you who are coming on, I just keep on coming on. Make sure that you comment in the video once the video uploads. Make sure that you share the video. Make sure that you uh, subscribe and watch a commercial once in a while. That also helps. I know that not everybody can contribute, so I appreciate that if you just watch a commercial once in a while. So love to all of you guys. And yes, may justice reign. You know, let's see. Let's see. But do your part, right? Um, speak what you can, even if it's to just one other person to expose the narcissist. Because the more we expose, the less power the narcissist has. Keep trying to wake up these crazy people, <laughs> right? Keep trying to wake up the asleep. And I will see you next week.